It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Pro Football Weekly and the NFL 1000. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Uh, I'm doing good. You know, nothing to really talk about today, so it's going to be no, kind of nothing a at all. boring show, I guess. So we'll see. We'll get through it somehow. And we're going to talk about the release of Des Bryant and how the Cowboys come to replace him. Des Bryant got released? Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you've been living under a rock or without social media the last couple of days, Des has been released. But before we get to that, uh, the Cowboys started, is it OTAs? Workouts? Uh, they were on the field. Uh, actually working yeah. out on Monday afternoon. Um, I just saw a couple of pictures of Tyron Smith jumping around, and that kind of makes me happy. Uh, we had some news that <laughs> Every- Byron Jones... Everybody's wondering why you haven't already uh, fat-shamed uh, people in their uh, sweat, sweat, sweatshirts yet, Marcus. There's a, there's an expectation you need to keep up. That uh, <laughs> Did I miss a picture? Oh, yeah, definitely. They, they took a picture of Demarcus Lawrence uh, laying down, and he has a sweatshirt kind of bunched around his stomach. It, it definitely... <laughs> Is just is right is right up your alley is ripe for commentary. So you need to make sure and uh, get the people what they want after we're done here today. Uh, I'm just seeing it now. That's awesome. Uh, I, actually, this is funny because the other night I tweeted out a picture of Ezekiel Elliott uh, at a little barbecue with uh, some of the offensive linemen in. Uh, not looking like he's in the the best of shape, but I quickly deleted it no, because he like looks I, I, fine. Good lord, I'm not going to do that this he year. Although fine. we've had we've had some good success with his fat shaving though, so I think we need to target another player this year, and then they'll break out and have an All Pro year, and then you guys can thank me later. Um, but before we get to any of that, actually, we'll we'll save that for a different yeah, day. Yeah, that's probably um, a good we'll, idea. We'll, we'll save some of the OTA stuff. Oh, one quick note. Uh, Byron Jones pretty much confirmed today that he is going to move to cornerback. We kind of expected that, um, but it's nice to see that's confirmed. We are going to go ahead and talk about the release of Des Bryant. Uh, On Friday afternoon, uh, the Cowboys officially released Des Bryant after eight years with the Cowboys. Um, It was a sad day for me uh, as a football fan. Uh, I've told this kind of story on Twitter over and over. I I don't really have favorite players in the NFL. Um, The more that you... I don't want to say grow up, but the older you get, you kind of you, you just don't have favorite players. You just watch your team and you root for your team. Um, and the way that we kind of watch is we're watching um, for how things are running on offense, the scheme that they're using, and on defense, what personnel groupings they're they're using, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but Des was the one guy that I really enjoyed watching, and uh, the first the first moment that I knew that Des was going to become. Uh, a guy that I love to watch and one of my favorite players was actually a game in 2010. Uh, tell me if you remember this game. It was the the game before Wade Phillips got cut or released uh, from his contract. The Cowboys got blown out by Green Bay. Uh, 
But Dez was playing hard in that game. And I remember he caught a touchdown late in the game, uh, broke like three different tackles to try to score. And it was kind of that attitude about Dez where it didn't matter the score. Um, he was going to play 100% all the time. Didn't matter if he was banged up. Uh, I, I just love that attitude about him. So instead of being uh, upset that the Cowboys released him, we were going to spend you know the first half of this show kind of celebrating Des Bryant's career uh, in Dallas. Anything to add to that to the release of Bryant and just your overall thoughts of his career in with the Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, as far as the player goes, I mean, if you're a Cowboys fan, I mean, he was the heart and soul of the team for a long time. And, and I think that that's kind of hard to deny. And I think, you know, he you know, represented a, a level of passion um, that uh, that was infectious. Um, and Good and bad. Yeah, Good no, and bad absolutely. At times. And, and I think, you know, ultimately it's, you know, I think what, what made him a great player ultimately also, I think, you know, grew to, to become a problematic at times uh, off the field. I think, you know, his, his level of, of, uh, passion and, 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 uh, you know, not the passion so much, but the just kind of, you know, reckless abandon for, for wanting to, uh, uh, you know, state his mind about everything all the time. And I think that, um, uh, it, 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 it became, it was so refreshing when it first when we first got it, you know, because we didn't really have anything like that on the team, and and he just became this this driving force, and he was just this physical dynamo, and just did things mm. on the field, and you know, really my memories of of him, you know, I mean, we talked about this beforehand. What are your what's your favorite memory of Des Bryant? And, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. What what is your favorite memory? Uh, you know, of Des, it's Des it's so tough, but like I, you know, there are so many things that stand out. I mean, the, the game, the Philly game that he had three touchdowns. I, I mentioned to you, the you know, uh, even more recent stuff that the touchdown he had against Arizona was unbelievable. Um, the catch he made in in Green Bay that was ultimately a catch. I mean, again, we've we've seen it a hundred times, and it's de- depressing to talk about, think about. It was a catch, but, but, but it was it amazing. Was I mean, it was amazing. He made the, what, the play he made was amazing. Forget all the stupid, you know, stuff that was that was ma- made to ruin it. The, the physical action that he made on that play was on a fourth down and one was unbelievable. You know, unbelievable. And 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 I think that, but but I think the thing that I'm going to remember the most about him is as someone who's been fortunate enough to make it to training camp. He would just dominate training camp practices, and, and, and he would just dominate. I mean, just no one could stop him. Uh, in, in those years that he was at the top of his game, it was it was just it was unfair. No matter who they put out there against him, uh, when he was on his game, he was getting that ball. He was coming down with it. He would just do things on the field that were ridiculous. And you know, and even when hmm. he was goofing around before and after practice, they would just be goofing around doing different physical stuff, throwing the football around. I mean, the dude is just a, an unbelievable athlete. He could throw the ball further than anybody else in the team, no matter who was on the team. He, I mean, he just he was just one of those. Which is crazy that they never used him that way. I mean, we saw one time in 2016, yeah, 2016, yeah. where they threw, had him throw a pass. It's crazy to me that they never tried to unleash his arm because I've seen it before. He can throw that ball 70 yards easily. Yeah, but so could Jamarcus Russell. So, I mean, you know, but he couldn't hit, he couldn't hit, he couldn't hit anybody with it. And, and Des, I trust Des, Des might have a little bit better uh, you know, a record of throwing the football than uh, Jamarcus Russell, even with uh, with fewer attempts. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't disagree necessarily. Uh, I, I I feel like you know he, he was one for one for a touchdown, and I think that's a good that's, that's probably good stats to keep it there. But long, long story short, 
all my memories of Des Bryant have been pretty positive from, you know, fighting vigorously with people to to tell us that that, you know, that passion that he has on the sideline is not a negative to, uh, you know, just the, the draft day, you know, the day he got drafted and, and watching that video of him finding out that he's going to his favorite team. Like all those things are, are extremely positive memories for me. Yeah, and I'll give you two uh, of my favorite games that I remember watching of Dez. Uh, the first one happened, I believe it was in 2013. Uh, it was the the game against Cincinnati where the Cowboys were playing in Cincinnati. Uh, the, the night before, Jerry Brown, the linebacker, uh, passed away uh, in a tragic car accident. But if you remember correctly... That week, Des Bryant was ruled out for the season with a pretty serious uh, finger injury. Um, And we got to about Friday, and it wasn't official that the Cowboys put him on IR yet. Um, And then on Saturday, there was reports that he was going to try to play through it. I mean, he did. He caught the game-winning touchdown in that game. Uh, It wasn't a huge statistical game from him. I think he had like 78 yards or something like that in a touchdown. But it was him willing to sacrifice Playing, you know, playing through injury, um, knowing that it's going to be awfully tough for him to catch a pass uh, with his finger all mangled up like it was. That was impressive. Uh, the other game in 2016 uh, against the Steelers, it, it, it was great that it happened against the Steelers. But the day uh, before his <laughs> his father passed away, uh, Des caught a huge pass in that game, a 50-yard touchdown uh, on a Dak Prescott rollout. That one was kind of incredible. I, I always appreciated that Des scored touchdowns in both of those games against the Steelers. Uh, but it, it just seemed like it, it didn't matter the game. I felt like as long as Des was in the game, he gave you a chance to win in the sense that if you needed a Hail Mary at the end of the game, there was a pretty good chance that he was going to come up with it. I, I think it was in the 2015 game against the Eagles. They threw him. I, I don't even remember who the quarterback was at the time. Was it? Who who was the backup quarterback in 2015? I mean, was it, it no? It, 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 Castle. I think it was Castle. Yeah, I think oh, Castle. The Cowboys. Threw, I think it was the Eagles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. It was a Castle. Yeah. yeah. Castle basically threw a, a an arm punt in the air, and Des somehow grabbed it. A you know among a bunch of players in the end zone. <laughs> I remember in 2013, Des caught a uh, a hail mary against the Giants, and his finger just happened to be uh, out of yeah. bounds. So. It, those kind of plays were always exciting, and you always felt like Des gave you a chance. So that part about his game, I'm going to miss. Absolutely, absolutely. Now the question is: now that we took ten minutes to celebrate Des's career, and I think, I think for o- the overwhelmingly uh, part of his eight career was positive. We have to now face the fact that the Cowboys are going into the season likely without a number one receiver. Um, You can even argue last year that Dez didn't play like a number one receiver, but that's beside the point. My question to you, Landon, how can they replace Bryant in the draft, or do you think there's a chance they don't replace him at all? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't think replacing Bryant is what they're doing here. I I, I think they're changing the... I, I think this is a larger shift in what they are wanting out of the wide receiver position. I, I think they're trying to move away from the superstar, you know, wide receiver one type uh, model and moving towards wide receivers who are supposed to, who are route runners who are going to be where they're supposed to be uh, when they're supposed to be there, uh, you know, precision route runners and, 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 and more of a shift of a focus to the run game and, 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 uh, and, and, you know, kind of offensive line 
run game based offense. And I think, you know, when you look at what the, you know, we talked about this a little bit before the show, but you look at the wide receiver depth chart as it is right now, uh, you know, I mean, again, I thought that was a great quote on the draft show uh, Monday morning from, from uh, David Hellman, who who said that this looks like the, the wide receiver depth chart of a, of a team that is a Zeke, Zeke oriented, uh, you know, a run oriented offense. And I think that's true. I think you can add, you know, you definitely will see them hopefully add a, a wide receiver somewhere in the draft. Now that, that will be, It'll be interesting to see if it's early or if it's just late, or do they double dip? I mean, you know, I have no idea. I think we could see a wide variety of options. I think, you know, you and I discussed this. I think there is an assumption that they are definitely going to get a wide receiver that uh, early, even, but I, I don't know that that is necessarily true. Um, but I think that they've, you know, if you look at it not so much as okay, we're trying to, we, you know, we're moving on from Des Bryant. We're now let's go get the next Des Bryant. I, I think that you may be looking at it wrong. I, to me, it's more of a, hey, we just need a different type of wide receiver. We are going to run uh, a system, you know, more RPOs, more of a timing, uh, you know, based system. Um, we need guys who are uh, that may not be the, the the kind of superstars that can create big plays, you know, at the at the catch point or uh, or that and win the fifty fifty passes, yeah, or yep. or that are the ones that are going to be the uh, win every single rep of of single coverage and man type guys. But these are the guys who y- you can rely on to be where they need to be. I mean, that's the thing about Des Bryant is that you can say what you will about his uh, his ability. But at times he he's never been the most consistent player or the the, the player that you know is reliable timing wise. You know what I'm saying? He, which is which worked fine for 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 Romo when he was you know trying to improvise or you know if he was off schedule. But if if you're looking for a guy to be on schedule, like <laughs> that may apply. That's because that may Romo apply could throw on and off open. the field a little bit. But I right. don't know that Des is your guy necessarily. Right. Uh, and let's tie this back to the NFL draft because I know that's what a lot of people want to know right now is what guys can they target that could potentially fill that role. Um, and two guys that they've worked out and they've brought in really don't make a lot of sense to me, and that's Cortland Sutton and DJ Chark for a lot of the same reasons. Cortland Sutton's a big athletic receiver, but that guy is a long ways away from being a NFL route runner. So I'm not sure what, what's the benefit of cutting Dez and drafting a Cortland Sutton at 19. That just doesn't make well, much sense to uh, well, me. I mean, I, th- now, I don't know that you necessarily... I think what this has done is opened it up for them. I, I think, you know, without, sure. without Hearns, they, they couldn't... They have to sign a guy that needs to come in and produce snaps for them right away. But I think that with with Hearns here, you, you can... And especially since you don't have... Now that you have the extra spot on your team, I think you can afford to have a guy that you can take a little bit... I think you can afford to look at all the options, not just a guy that you need to come in with the high floor and be ready to produce right away. I think that they are looking at all the options to decide, you know, what, what's the best wide receiver they get here because they, they may realize that they, they may not get a lot of production out of that wide receiver, no matter who it is this year. And and that's fair. I just, in my mind, I don't see them taking a guy like Des Bryant. I feel like if they're going to draft the receiver in the first two rounds especially, they're going to want to get a guy that can create that quick separation. And that's why I think the interest in Calvin Ridley and DJ Moore makes sense to me. That's fair. Now, I wouldn't, that's fair. 
I, I, I wouldn't pick Ridley at 19, but they might because they want to adjust their offense. We've been talking about this for the last several months. Is with Dak Prescott, you know, this being Dak Prescott's third year, they really need to incorporate an offense that is Dak friendly. You guys remember when we said a Romo friendly offense? Well, each quarterback that you have is a little bit different. Um, I, I think Ridley is a guy that you can place on the field day one. And I actually think Ridley would be the best Cowboys receiver the moment he walks into training camp. But I, I think that player makes a lot more sense to this offense than Cortland Sutton. Do you agree? Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with that analysis. I mean, I, I think that as a, as a whole, they're trying to make players that are more uh, of Ridley and more kind of specifically Ridley's skill set. I mean, I think more is is that is Ridley with a little bit lower floor but a much higher ceiling. That's how I view more. And you know, it's saying like an, a value that's worth the risk. I think that's why I view them similar similarly is because I feel like you get a little slightly lower floor with more but I think you get a much higher ceiling. But I, I again, I think they're on the same spectrum of you know, guys who are, are going to be route runners who who could who could definitely win with route runners and as route runners and can get where you need them to be when you need them to be. On schedule is what I guess is the word I need to say. Yeah, and and that's really going to be the point. I think they want to get a guy that's consistent, and I think they believe that Hearns can do it from anywhere on the field. I don't know what the plan is with Terrence Williams. Um, and if any of you guys followed me on Twitter, you saw that we had <laughs> quite the weekend with Terrence Williams on Twitter. But basically, and I'll, I'll try to be nicer about it than I was on Twitter. Um, basically, I, I don't see Terrence Williams as a long-term option in Dallas. Um, I, I think that eventually they want to get maybe a little bit quicker on the outside. Um, and I'm just wondering, is, is Williams going to be a guy that takes up snaps for a you know, a younger player? Or would you, I would rather see Ryan Switzer uh, playing more snaps at uh, over Terrence Williams, even if it means you know playing Switzer a little bit out of position. But the way that the Cowboys address this receiving uh, core this offseason in the draft is going to be very, very interesting. Um Really quickly, do you have any guys that you think that the Cowboys could draft in the third or fourth round that could could come in and make an impact? I know you haven't seen all the receivers yet, but is there a couple of your guys that you're, you know that are maybe your pet cats uh, after the top fifty picks? I just want to add in this kind of ties into this is that I, I think that the reason it's hard to figure out what's going on again. This goes back to what they're they're doing. I, I think that, that instead of having a couple of different guys that they try to fit into every different spot. I think that they're what they're going to do is have a collection of wide receivers with different skill sets, and then they're going to deploy them as they need them. And I think that, that what that's going to allow them to do, especially for like Terrence Williams, is not expose Terrence Williams to the parts of his game that he's not good at. You know, and I think that that means that Williams can do the like I, I like Williams a lot on a slant. You know, like on a quick slant where you get the ball to him on the move, he can catch it with his body if he has to. And then I like him running across the field with the ball in his hands. He's he he can score a lot doing that. He has that build up speed. And, yeah, he really has that. And, build and up I speed. think I think you know I also don't have an issue with sending him deep or you know like those kind of doing those kind of routes now. You know, and I, I so I think he can do those those kind of things and function as a good Z that way. But you don't need to like force him into other parts of the offense where I don't think, you know, he's he's uh, so spectacular. You know, things where 
maybe uh, deep in cutting routes where he's going to have to catch the ball going over his head, you know, if, if it comes out hot, you know, or, you know, that sort of thing. I, I think he struggles with that sort of thing. So you don't you don't have him do those sort of things. And that's maybe where you bring in uh, Thompson or, you know, uh, you know, some of these Hearns can do that. I think the idea now is that they have a collection of different guys who can uh, do kind of different things and then deploy them appropriately and not feel I, the, the other unsaid part of this whole Des Bryant thing is that you know the coaching staff everyone felt beholden to put him on the field a lot because of who he is because of the money he makes because you know it, people of course are going to say why aren't you putting out Des Bryant well Des Bryant's skill set may not match every single uh, you know, deployment, uh, personnel deployment they want to put out there. He may not be the best. And we did see that. We, we saw that a little bit last year. They would take him out in obvious running situations and they would play Terrence Williams and Noah Brown over him. So we, we saw, we a, saw little a little bit of that bit last of it, but, but again, I think moving even further in that direction is the idea that they want to be able to deploy these guys based on what's best for the play and not having to consider, you know, ego and 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 the, what people are going to say outside of it and, and again i'm not trying to disparage des bryant at all about this but but the point is that i think they just wanted to use their wide receivers differently and i think that obviously Derek dooley des bryant and all, some other people in that wide receiver room were not on board with this but they're still doing it just either way i i think similar things happen in the offensive line room too it's just that they've fired the offensive line coach and those guys don't <laughs> those guys don't talk about it very much you know what i'm saying so sure you know i think that look it, you if you look around at the, what this team did uh, it's not hard to figure out where they thought they had problems because they made changes at those spots, whether it be at the coaches, whether it be personnel, or in this case, both. So they clearly thought that they had wide receiver problems and or that they were moving on to a, a situation with the wide position, wide receiver position that was just vastly different than what they currently had in the room. All right, I'll give a couple quick points on the wide receiver by committee. Um, I actually think that's the way the NFL is going. Exactly. I, yes. I think you're starting to see it a little bit like in Philadelphia. Uh, they used a bunch of different guys depending on the situation. New England's been doing it for years. Uh, Pittsburgh does it as well. They they do it a little bit differently. Uh, depending on the matchup, they'll either use a smaller slot receiver and a guy like Eli Rogers or a bigger guy in Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, I can get behind that, and I think – you're not going to see this wide receiver by committee be turned all over in one year. Uh, this is going to be a process that it's going to it's going to take them a couple off seasons because I do I think they need to move on from uh, Terrence Williams and I think that'll happen probably after the season. Uh, I think Cole Beasley is another guy that you could probably move on from here pretty quickly. So I think you'll see a lot of churning of the roster there. My only question about this wide receiver by committee and the, the roster they have right now is. When games get tight and you're playing good defenses and you're playing in big games, you still need the guys that can win one-on-one -on -one matchups, and you need guys that can win in the red zone. That's where I think the Cowboys are going to miss Dez the most in the next couple of years because even though his yards per catch went way down, he wasn't explosive in 2017 as he dealt with injuries. The one thing that you could rely on with Dez is making plays in the red zone. We saw in Washington, or it was in Dallas, but the, the second Washington game, basically he won that game by catching a fade 
over the cornerback's head. That's the one thing I don't know if the Cowboys have that guy on the roster. Well, uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's a little bit more RPO. I, maybe it's a little bit more of Zeke. Maybe it's more Dak. Maybe it's Rico Gathers. I, I think it's RPO. I think if you look at the RPO's success there, and if they the more they can add in there and, and build off of it, it takes away. Uh, and th- th- those are great points because I think I think that these are the conversations that they had before Des Bryant is what what are we most going to miss for Des Bryant and I think without a doubt his red zone ability is is legendary it's is he's one of the greatest red zone threats in NFL history whether you talk about wide receiver or any position and if you don't believe me go look at the numbers for the for those years that he basically led the entire NFL in touchdowns for three seasons. Um, I think when they looked at that situation and they said, uh, you know, what do we have here that can replace it? I, I think that they had their answer in house with with Dak and Zeke and what those two guys can do. You know, like they can they can uh, they can create mismatches when, when paired with RPO schemes that can help s- strongly mitigate that whole situation. And um, I, I think that uh, you know when that solution came up you know that 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 made it that much easier for them to say okay maybe we should really do this and i was sort of joking about rico but i do wonder with des being gone if that's not an opportunity for rico to gain snaps Uh, obviously he's really raw as a receiver and as a blocker but if you just set him out wide and ask him to to run the fades and the quick slants could you see a role for rico just in the limited snaps like that I could see that role. I don't know if Rico's that guy, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 James Hannon, it is. No, well, I, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, you know, I, I've heard all kinds of different things about Rico, so I, I don't know what to believe about that. But yes, I mean, in general, if if I'm just pretending like I I haven't heard all kinds of different stuff about Rico, then yes, why not? Absolutely. I mean. If you could figure out a way to get him on the field and on the fifty-three man roster, then then yeah, he could he could definitely serve a role like that. If you could figure out a way to you know to get the usefulness level out of him required to put him on the on the game day roster. I love Rico, but I'm not optimistic that happens. I think you're you're more correct with them using more RPO and just giving the ball to Zeke because Zeke is one of the best goal line running backs that we've seen in a long, long time. His ability just to get low and just run through the the arm tackles and dive in it's it's really incredible to watch. But that's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBTB, and you can follow the show at LockedOnCowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 
Thank you.